Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Oh
wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, once again, it's a privilege to stand in front of you. Uh, can you just give me a bit of volume? Um, I think my voice is a bit strained. Yes. So it's a privilege also to be in front of you. Uh, as we know, the pastor is not here. He has gone to the Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobacco to preach there. So uh, as a result, I have to come and stand <laughs> in the gap. Amen. And then uh, we, we, were, we were talking to him yesterday. So he's in high spirits, that side. Even us, I think we are also in high spirits. And I think even the people that side are expecting to hear from, from the Lord. I think we are, he's about six hours behind us. So by the time we knock off here around four o'clock, he'll be on the, they'll be starting the service side. That is why I think he has even told us that he's going to send us a link so that if one, others want to join him, we can go there and join him. Oh, and then without further ado, they, we can release the musician, they can take their seat. So if you want to join a link, there'll be a link provided so that you can follow the services, amen. And I, I believe that, they will, that the people that side will have a blessing, and I believe we'll also have a blessing too, amen. And we, I believe that the God is going to speak to them that side, but he will not forget us, <laughs> because he's going to speak to us too. Amen. And then without going far, we'd like to thank also Brother Borrero for the nice message that he preached last week. Yes, it is true. The stick still works. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the work still works. Yes, because that is the only thing we can depend on. Amen. Uh, I would like us to continue the topic that we had last week, uh, the last time I was here. Not last week, I think it was almost a month back. We spoke on the law of faith. So we're going to continue the same topic, but we're going to have a subtitle. The subtitle will be God's Partnership with Men. How many believe this morning that God has partnered with them? Hallelujah. So we'll start from reading by reading the same scripture we read last week. Uh, Romans 3, that will also read others. Romans 3, verse 27 and 28. If found, it reads this way. Where is the boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Amen. Amen. So we'll also read First um, Corinthians um, 12, and we'll read from verse, verse 20. No, from verse 21, excuse me, to 23. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21 to 23. Uh, if found, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. In the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom did not know God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, I think you can also conclude here that a preaching cannot be done by 
any other creature except man. I think there, there is no animal except man that can have any intelligence to bring forth a word of God. That is why God in the last age has chosen man to be able to use, to be able to preach, to be able to, through man, to save other people who believe. Amen. There was only a time when a, an animal <laughs> talked in the Bible. That was when Balaam hit a donkey. And there was an angel with a sword in front of him. And then he insisted on taking the same route. First of all, the donkey started to move this side. He, 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 he put it back. Then it also went, the angel moved, went to another side in front of Balaam. And then there was a wall there. And then the donkey crashed Balaam against the wall. So Balaam, being angry, went there and he hit the donkey. Then he spoke. And he said, Master, what have I done to you? Haven't I been good for you all these years? Why today do I deserve to be beaten by you? A donkey speaking. Why? Because there was an angel of the Lord in front of, the, of, of, of Balaam with a sword, which is what? The word. So the, Balaam, the, the, the donkey didn't want to fall victim to that. So God opened his mouth. That was the only time I can remember. Maybe there's others, but I remember that part. But the reason was why? Because men did not follow the word of God. That is why a creature, which is, was not supposed to be able to talk, went there and started talking. Amen? So, as we continue the scripture, he says, for the Jews require a sign. We do not require a sign. Because we said what? We are justified by faith. Amen? For the Jews require a sign, and the Greek seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews, a stumbling block. Not to us. Unto the Jews, a stumbling block. Amen. And unto the Greeks, foolishness. Amen. So let's go and read uh, John 20, John, John 12, uh, and then I will read from verse, uh, verse 20. Amen. Now it reads this way. And there were certain Jew, Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And some came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida of, the, of Galilee, and desired, saying, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again, and Philip tell Jesus. Then Jesus answered, saying, The hour is come that the Son of men should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Amen. Isn't it true? Amen. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Are we the fruit? Amen. Amen. But he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Amen. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. For any man shall serve me. He will my father he, he honor. Amen. If you, you, you serve him, you're honoring his father, God. 
Amen. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me for this hour. But for this cause, you come I unto this hour. Amen. Can we pray so that God can bless the reading of his word? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come this morning, Father, in front of your children. We have studied the word, and the only thing, Father, that we need, Father, is for you to come, Father, and, and inspire it, Father, so that, Father, it can come and become life unto your children. For us, Father, if we come and speak to the children with our intelligence, with our wisdom, it is just words. But for those words to be able to be life, they need your germinating spirit, the Holy Spirit, Father, to come and quicken it, those words so that they may be life unto your children. Here are your children, Father. They came here with expectation. They, we know, Father, that you have never disappointed us. Every time, Father, we've asked for something, you have come and provided. So, Father, they come this side, Father, with, with their hungry hearts. May you please come, Father, and feed them with the word, the word of life. We pray, Father, believing in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so that you can come and bless your word this morning and come and quicken it this morning. Praying, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We can have our sins. Amen. As, as I've said, we, we're going to continue with the, uh, the message that we, we, we had the last time, which is the law of faith. But before I continue, um, there's something that Brother Ambrera mentioned last week, that sometimes you might be in a workplace, and while in the workplace, something happens whereby you have to do something outside what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. And I don't know whether he knew it, maybe it was a prophecy, but whatever he was saying, it actually occurred. Because one day I was there in my practice, and then they brought a patient. Now, the person that brought the patient was one of the, my colleagues, a sister who usually come and help me in the practice. So she brought her husband to us. So when she came in, the guy tongue was swollen. He could not speak. There was no voice coming out of his mouth. So the sister started narrating the story of what happened. So saying, no, he was choking at home. He could not speak. That is why we rushed here this, before you even closed, because it was late. We were about to close the tight time when they came in. Now, when they came in, they said there, like patient would do, sit down. So we listened to them. We did all the things that we need to do. We checked the BP. It was normal. Pulse, normal. Respiration, normal. But the guy was sitting there, choking. Eyes, white. Open wide. Tongue protruding, swollen. Now it's like normal. What's happening here? But everything is normal. But he is hyperventilating. He doesn't get any air. The tongue is like he's choking him. He's holding onto his throat like this. I'm like, no. <laughs> what manner of disease is this one now? <laughs> so now we took him, put him on the examination table. The moment I touched him, the tongue became normal. I'm like, no, yeah, there's something. Now I actually check him, check him. No, everything was normal. Checked his heart. Everything was fine. Then he sat on the, on the chair. I'm like, no, but I can't find anything wrong with him. Then he started choking again. <laughs> Amen. I'm like, no. Then the sister says, no, you know what? This thing is not the first time it happens. It happened a month back 
We had to call our pastor to come and pray for him. He had to pray for him for hours before it left him. I'm like, oh yeah, then it's a demon. The moment I said that, something, you know, Brother Burara talked about something. You know, when there is a thing, there must be something to respond to that thing. And it must be an appropriate response. Because sometimes if you respond inappropriately, you can worsen the situation. You can actually kill a person while you're trying to save them. So you need what? An appropriate response for an, a, a situation. Amen. Now something came and said, pray for him. Well, I'm a doctor. I have my stethoscope there. <laughs> they expect a doctor to come and give them medicine. But something is edging. Pulling, say, pray for him. Okay. I started asking, when did this happen? He says, pray for him. Now I just jumped and said, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to pray for you. So I laid hand on him. When I laid hand on him, that's him fought now. He was like sweaty. It was like now killing him. We prayed, prayed. Because remember, demons, there is a name whereby if you call on that name, demons tremble. Demons run away. So I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to live. Now the guy became calm. So we prayed for him. While I was praying, it was a battle. It will come and try to strangle him again. The wife also started praying. Said, no, 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 no. He also went down on his knee, started praying. We prayed, prayed. Then he became calm. Now I said to him, you know what? This thing has taken your voice. It is choking you. There is one thing you are not going to live here until you do. You need to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. You sit there. It's like, the more you try, it's like, it's, no, you are not going to say that. <laughs> it was strangling him more. I'm like, we, we're going to say it. I'm gonna, we've prayed for you. I'm going to give you a chance. There are other patients waiting. I'm going to go to that room, see them, and I'm going to come back to you. So we went to see that patient and came in. He was more calm. Then he said, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm like, ah, brother, that's it. Hey, sister, take him. Take him home. He's healed. Amen. 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 Now they went. Now after we closed, a phone call came. It was the sister now calling me. How? Guess who was, who, was, who was speaking? Their husband was speaking. Oh, doctor. I know I'm healed. I'm fine. Oh, thank you for praying for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see, if there is a thing, there must be something to respond to that thing. Yes. The stick still works. Hallelujah. Now we can continue with our message this morning. As we have read in John, you can see that there were certain Greeks that wanted to see Jesus. Now, the reason they wanted to see Jesus is because they have heard of Jesus' fame. Remember, Greece is not in the Middle East. Greece is in Europe. Now, they traveled all the way from Europe to come and see Jesus because of what they did that they heard him do. They heard that the lame could walk, the blind could see, the deaf and the mute could hear and speak. For them, it was a miracle. For them, 
being schoolers, educated, learned. They have, they have their own different kinds of system of beliefs, whereby they believe in mythologies, in gods, dramatic arts, all those things. So th for them, they knew one thing, that for this thing to be able to happen, no man can do this thing, except that man is God. Now they came here with an expectation to come and see what? God. Now they came to Philip. Now Philip opened for them. Now remember, they had gods. Diana, Zeus. And if you can look at the Greek gods, I mean, they are strong. They are muscular. They are giants. When he comes here, you can see, no, this man, he looks like a man, but he's a god because of the stature. Now they came in. Philip spoke to Andrew. And after speaking to Andrew, and Andrew ushered them in. Amen. Now, when they came in, they were stumbled. Because now they came in expecting to see a God. But they came here, there was a man. Now, Isaiah says, God, Jesus, had the countenance of which we could not desire. That means he, was, he did not look beautiful. No, he wasn't. He was not handsome. He was not muscular. He had stooped soldiers, gray hair, a beard, gray beard, at the age of 30. His hair was already gray. His beard was already gray. Why? Because of the demons and the battles he had to fight. He was sunburned. Remember, if you're in Palestine, the hot Sunday is baking. It is hot. So now when they came here, here they look at this crony man in front of them, and then people are saying, this is the man who's being, who, whose fame you've heard of. For them, it was a stumbling block. But now remember, that was not only the stumbling block to the Greeks. We have the Pharisees. We have the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, the priests. They also have the same stumbling block. Because here was a man saying, I and the Father are one. No. For them it was what? Blasphemy. Because there was no man. They were expecting a Messiah. But they did not expect to see a man like Mafagaz. No. They were expecting to see a king of kings who's going to come and rescue them, come and take the Roman away who came here was persecuting them. But when they came, this man was coming there claiming it. And now they realized, they, they remembered, you know, Jesus lived there. Now some of them were, grew up with him. Like, ah, oh, Mara, this guy, Maria. his mother is Maria. We, we know him. His brother, isn't his brother that one, Andrew? Yes, yes, James. Yeah, those are his brothers. How, how come now he come and say, I and the Father are one. No. Now the Greeks, the, the, the priests, the Sadducees, they rejected him. Because why? They saw a man. They did not realize that inside of that man, hallelujah, there was something veiled. Something that could come and say, demons, 
out. You know, it, it is surprising that sometimes it takes demons to come and point God. That people who are learned, educated, come there and pass God without realizing him. Because there was a time when you passed there and there were demons there. They were shouting, oh God, is, he, is judgment day already? You see, they could see beyond the badger skin, beyond the skin of a man. But here were educated fellas. They couldn't see it. Amen. And now, this was not only a stumbling block to the priest, to the Greek, to the Sadducees, to the Pharisees. No. Even some of his disciples were stumbled. Yes. Because now, there were times when he says, he came to them and said, I and the Father are one. Uh, this, you can never see eternal life except if you go through by me. Now, when he said that, most of the people who used to follow him, they left. And uh, when they left, um, he was left with uh, 82. Yes. And when he was left with 82, he came and he said, I accept you eat my flesh, drink my blood, there is no life in you. I no. <laughs> it was even tough now. This man now wants us to be a vampire. We must come eat his flesh, drink his blood. I, no, no, no. This is too much now. The seventy left. Now, <laughs> here was the Church of, of Christ now shrinking. There were 5,000. You know, there was a time when he fed 5,000 people. Now he was left with 82. He didn't care about the 82. They left. Now, when the 12 were left, he went there and he asked them, and are you two, uh, are you also going to leave? That's when Peter came there and said, Lord, where can we go? Because thou art the son of, man, of God. And the words of eternal life are in you. Amen. Amen. Why? Because in Peter, he could not understand. You know, sometimes in the message, there are many things that you will not understand. But follow. Amen. Amen. Even if you don't understand, just follow. Because why? It is God that you are following. Sometimes people can come and criticize why is that? Why is it doing this way? But for you, you just have to be do it by faith. Be like Peter and say, Lord, where can we go? Amen. Remember now, if you are in this message, you have found the words of eternal life. You know it. It has made a change in your life. Now, the only thing you have to do is what? Follow. You might not understand it. You might not understand some of the mysteries in there. But... You need to follow because what you are following, you are following the word. Amen. You are following Christ. You are being led. Now, succumb. Follow the leader. The leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 There was Peter. He did not understand. For him, you are stumbled. I don't think he wanted to drink any blood <laughs> or eat any flesh. But because he has seen what Jesus has been doing, he wanted to what? Follow. Can we just read our first quotation? Um, unveiling of God. 
and it reads this way. You see, he say, he say Brad Bram says here, unveiling of God, uh, 640614, paragraph 101. He, he is veiled in a man. You see? Who is Brabram speaking about here? God. He is always, as he always was veiled. But he was veiled unto him, unto them. He was in his human temple. God was in a human temple. What? Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, be careful now. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God veiled, hiding himself from the world. Veiled in human being. There was God. Those Greeks said what? We will see him. Now, when God came into Jesus, Brother Benjamin uses the word kenos. Kenos means that God came and emptied himself. His entire being, his entire... That is why he says the fullness of the Godhead was in him. He came and canossed himself into Jesus. John says he saw a spirit like a dove, like a lightning coming from heaven, coming into him. That's when the kenosis happened. Before that, Jesus was a man. But when the kenosis, when God came and emptied himself into him. He was a God. Yes. That is what the Greeks wanted to see. But now, they were blinded. Their view was blinded by what? The badger skin. Oh, my brother, do not be blinded by the badger skin this morning. See beyond the veil. He was veiled in a man. Now, the word kenosis. It's a Greek word. But yet, the Greeks could not see it. There was God canosed in a man, yet the Greeks could not see it. So, God, Rebem says also, God changed form and morphe. It's a Greek word. There was a God in a form of a man. The Greeks still could not see him. Amen. Why? Because there was what? A veil. Amen. Now, God today is veiled, even today, in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that is what stumbled them. Amen. Now, what did they do? They left. And they, from that day, they walked with him no more. Yes, they just left. Because they could not understand it. Amen. And the 70 left, the 12 stayed, but yet there was still a stumbling block. Even in the 12, there was still one. There was still Judas and Scarlet in those 12. Even the others left, there was still. There is where Abraham speaks of what? Believers. Make believers and unbelievers. And he says, the middle ones, the make believers, those are the most dangerous. <laughs> Who betrayed Jesus? A make-believer, Judas. The others were, 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 were fine. They said, ah, uh-uh. this one, uh, we can't. We can't take this. These words, they are just too much for us. We are living. There were those Judas who were left. 
Amen. Now, this morning, as we're going to continue, I want to speak about those when the 70s went, they were left with Jesus. Those who stayed with Jesus. Those who have eternal life. That's, that's the people I'm going to address this morning. Because the others have left, but you are here. <laughs> Amen. Now we need to address you. We want to put you and show you where is your position in the body of Christ. Amen. Because why? When they left, you stayed. Amen. Now you, unlike the other people, you have seen beyond the veil. You have seen beyond the badger skin. You have come into contact with the real thing. Those people, yes, they could see Jesus. They ate with him. But you caught the revelation. Amen. You are one of those that Jesus have chosen. You are one of those that Jesus had partnered with. And he's still partnering there. That is why we say partnership of man. God's partner, uh, we need to correct it there. God's partnership with man. Uh, if you can just correct that one. Yes, you are the one that God has come and partnered with. Amen. Sometimes, like I say, you can't explain it. You can't define this mysteries. But you, because there is something, there is a tag inside of you, you still believe. There is a pool inside of you, you still believe. Amen. Now, as, we, as you, 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 you realize, it was God in simplicity. That was what? Hidden from the wise and the prudent. You, he was revealed to what? To you, babes, such as will learn. That is why even when you are here, you might be studying in the message, you might not get hold of the things. The seals, the unfolding of the seals, threefold mysteries of God, those topics, they might fly over you, but do not despair. There will be a time when there will be a revelation and you will catch it. Amen. It might be mind-boggling, but still do not lose courage. Press on. Now we're going to read another quotation. Uh, also from the same... Uh, from the same spoken word, and hear what the prophet tells us. Is. Amen. Because you, you are predestinated. That's why you are here. Amen. It does not matter what happens. It does not matter what may come or what may come and shake you. You have found your place. You know, if you have found your place, if you are a child of a household, it does not matter the troubles in that home. It is still your home. It does not matter how difficult life can become in that home. It is still what? It's still your home. Because why? You are born there. You, you are blood. You are of that, what? of that household. It does not matter what type of food you eat. You belong there. When they say emotabi, you can point and say, I am. Because why? It's you, you have, there's a blood relationship. Even with you. It is the same thing. There is a blood relationship between you and what? And God. So we'll read paragraph 105. 
And he says, in the Old Testament, God was hid when he was on the mercy seat. On the mercy seat by a veil. Remember those kings that Moses came and sued together and divided the inner, inner, inner court from the innermost court, the holies of holies. That is what was veiling God at that time. God was in his temple, but the people came in and worshipped like this. But remember, there was a veil to hid God. They knew God was there. They couldn't see him. The pillar of fire never appeared anymore there. We will tell you why. But did you notice, it's not one time in the scripture from that time that the pillar went in behind the veil. That it ever showed again till it came from Jesus. God was veiled. Mara, remember there was a time when the pillar of, 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 of fire was in full view. In the Old Testament. Do you remember that? When Moses came and delivered the children of Israel, there was a pillar of fire. Pillar of clouds. That came and led them. And even when the enemies came there and tried to attack them, the same pillar of fire went in behind the children of Israelites to protect them. It caused darkness between the enemy and, and, and the Israelites so that they couldn't go through and what go through and attack the children of Israel. That was the other time. But now, that after that time, when the, the prophet Moses, when he died, the pillar of fire went inside, inside the Ark of Covenant. When it was inside of Ark of Covenant, that was when the children of Israel were entering into what? Into the land of Canaan. That's when the, 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 the pillar of fire ceased to be in view. Amen? Then he says, when, when he stood on earth, he said, I came from God and I came to God. Then Paul, on his road to Damascus, there was a pillar of fire again. You see? It appeared during the time of Moses. Now, the only time you could see it now was when Paul was on the road to Damascus. That was the first, second time the pillar of fire uh, appeared. Now, with Paul, it was a different thing. Remember, Paul, the, 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 the Peter and the rest, they had physical contact with Jesus. Yeah. But Paul didn't. Amen. Paul had knew Jesus by revelation because when he was there going to persecute the, 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 the Christians, remember he was a student under the order of Gamaliel, the high priest. He was carrying his orders diligently. Now, Brabram says, he, God always likes a man who's committed to something. Yes, even you, you must be committed to something. That means even when Paul was wrong, he was doing his job diligently. He was doing his job to the best of his ability. That is why even you today, when you are doing something, you must do it to the best of your ability. Why? Because God requires such from any of us. Amen. That whenever we go into a task, we must give it our all. Amen. Now, here was Paul persecuting the children of Israel, doing it to the best of it. When they said there were people gathering somewhere, Paul will go there. Come catch them. But there was a time when the pillar of fire struck him. And it was different. When it struck him, it blinded him. Now, when it blinds him, it blinded him to his, the deeds of the world, and it opened him a new channel for him, the channel of God. That was the channel that was open for Paul. Now, even you, you need to be blinded to the things of the world, see beyond the veil, and see Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, 
to just give you another um, a testimony, there was a brother, um, Brother Makafula, he's the cousin to our pastor. I think most of you knew him. He also, when he was growing up, he was a, what do you call it, a sort. He, he, you see, this is why I say God wants people who are committed to something. He said he hated Christians. Yeah. His mother and uh, sister, sister Madiba, brother, Pastor Madiba's uh, mother, they were, they are, I think, sisters, yes. So they converted and received the message. He did not. Now they will have services there. He says it used to just, I mean, it, it, made, me ang- it made him angry. But there was a time when he was forced to come to church because there was a, there was a burial in his, in, his, uh, in his house. So he needed to be there. And the children of God came in. Now, to cut this long story short, the way he was a thug, they used to one day to go uh, take cows from the field. When trucks or, or lorries pass, they will push those cows onto the road so that the truck will hit the cow. <laughs> and then from there they will come, cut the meat, and uh, distribute the meat among themselves. So when the owner comes, it will be like, no, it's an accident. Uh, I mean, the truck hit the car. <laughs> and uh, even at school, when he was at J.J. Fender Merva, there was a time when he used to come and then uh, initiate the people who came in. The, you know, the, the new arrivals, the initiates. They will take use, you know, this iron trunk. Because J.J., I think, is, has some flaws. They will put you in that iron trunk rolled you through the stairs from up there, from there, when you, if you survive there, <laughs> then you've been initiated. Now, because of that, he said he had a spirit in him. He says, you know, he wanted to kill a person in a way that has never been done before, so that he will make headlines, so that everybody in South Africa must know. You know, he was just tired of being a... a, a what do you call it? The village tag. <laughs> he wanted to graduate into becoming a town and a country truck now. So that everybody should know that there's a tag called Lucas Matakumakafon. He has done this and that. But by God's mess, before he can come there, God caught him. Now, when he caught him, to show you that God wants people who are committed to something. When God caught him, he was still at school, in high school. There were, he started a, a, a church there where brothers used to come and worship. He was the, one of the people who came and started that church. All those people who he persecuted, like Paul, <laughs> he went there and then converted them into the message of the hour. Yes. Now, you know, there are some people, when they change, because they are, they are always at the extreme end. He was there at the extreme end, attacked, foul, stone-hearted. But when he changed, he was at the other extreme end. That was Paul. That was Brother Lucas Macavula. Now, as we speak, he's a pastor. Why? Because he was committed to something. You see, even you, my brother, you need to be committed to something for God to use you. You cannot just come here and just walk around, do something idle about. No! You must show commitment to something. 
That was Paul. He was persecuting. Now, here he was coming around. From being Saul, he became what? Paul. Now, what was he doing now? He was still chasing the people. Saying, come and become that which I was persecuting. I think you can just imagine now being a Christian. Here is Paul coming to you, preaching to you. I think I'll be at the door then as he's preaching. Because I don't know whether he's really preaching or is it a trap. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'd rather what? Be there at the door. Wait. If the, the, the soldiers come, then I'll be the first one to, to escape. That is how his ministry started. But he was what? Committed. To something. Now, Brother Makafula, as we speak now, he was a thorn in the flesh of the Christian. Now, he's a thorn in the flesh of the devil. You must become a thorn in the flesh of the devil. But for you to do that, you must be committed to something. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's continue with our quotation. Now, uh, I think we'll skip this one. We'll go to the next 117. Now, Brian says this now. That is why we say you need to break through the veil. You need to break through the veil of unbelief and go inside into what? The chamber with God. That is why he says, now, on one time, if a man walk through that veil, remember we're talking about the temple now, that the temple was, had a veil whereby you couldn't go into the Shaikhanah glory because the pit of fire was there. Even the priest has to go there once a year. Now, if it happens that you... In fact, in the Bible, there was a priest that went there. And he was unclean. Died on the spot. That is why you find that when the priest had to go there, there was an order of sanctification. Sanctification that they had to go through. They had to clean them. Even the type of clothes they have to come and, and wear. They were different. There was a clothes, long robe that they have to wear with clocks. Because when you go there, we put a rope on you, Brother Mafagas, because we didn't know if you are going to come back. We don't know your life. You are the one who knows your life. Now the test of it was you going in. Now we'll put a rope on you. So when you go in there, if there's something wrong with you and you are killed, we are not going to go there. We're just going to come and pull you out. And then there was clocks. That clock, Brother Bram says, it, it sounded glory. Because when you go there, you have to go there praising the Lord. It will say, glory, glory. The moment the clock stopped, I will know, I know, something, that man did something. We have to pull him. So you see now, Abraham says now, here, in the Old Testament, while it was the time of the law, it was what? It was dead for you. Even he doesn't even say dead. Sudden, dead for you to go in. But he say, now, Remember now that that veil has been what? Lifted. When Christ was there on the cross, crucified, the veil, the sword of the word came, rent that veil that covered 
that innermost court into behalf. And then the Shekinah glory was what? Open. That is why even the soldier there, because there was a quake, there was fire, the, 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 the light, the sun be, be refused to shine. They say, surely Jesus was the son of man. Yeah. That time the veil was rent. Now because the veil is rent, now you need to go into the Shekinah glory. You need to go into Christ. Because now if you don't go into there, what is it? It is dead not to go through. Now, if you break, if you can break the, the veil of tradition, break the wall of denomination to see God in his power, it's dead. Remember the pastor gave a speech that one of the things that is hindering the children of God, especially young ministers who are studying, it is what? The spirit of Pentecostalism. Traditionalism, modernism, and intellectualism. Now, those things, if you can see, is those things, especially intellectualism, that is what hindered the Greeks. Because they were intellectuals. They wanted to see something great that is will, one will be great in his eye. When they saw him, they could not go in. They moved back. Now we had the spirit of what? Traditionalism. The Pharisees. We are, we are after the order of Moses. We have our own laws. Now, when they saw him, they could not break through. Now, in our days, we have modernism. You know, to conform. You find that the children of God always are in, under pressure to conform into the things of the world. To look like the world. Brother, you need to look like Christ. You need to find all the every time to be want like Christ. Because you need to have what? The mind of Christ. Not the mind of the world. Now, modernism must fall out. Now, Pentecostalism. We will speak on that more. That is another spirit whereby people want to make the message to denominate. To look like the rest. You know, if you realize, that is why you, when you go to school, children wear a uniform. You know why? So that they look like the rest. Nobody is better, nobody is less. We are all the same. Now, even now, people are under pressure to be the same. To look like the rest of them. Yes. <laughs> when a Bushiri comes, People in the message, they feel pressure that hey, we must also have, you know, there must something must happen, you know. Hey, Bushiri, they are, they, they are prophesying. What about us? We have the prophet of the hour. The prophet sent from God. We don't need those things. Amen. We don't need why to modernize. We don't need to paint over. You remember? When uh, Luther was the the the, the, the Messenger of the Church of Sardis. They, they, God came to him. But as he left, they denominationalized and became what? The Lutherans. Yes, Amadotan. Why? Because there was, now they were going back to where? To Roman. The system that Luther took them out, the system of the Lutheran Catholic, of the Catholic Church, they went back there. That is why God says, you must not go back to your vomit. They did that. 
Now, even when Johnny Wesley came, Johnny Wesley, when the other Lutherans got back, Johnny Wesley said, no, man, this is wrong. We, we are going to be, there's going to be sanctification with us. The just shall live by faith. Yes. Now, when he did that, Johnny Wesley, he took others out. Now, the messenger went. What happened? They went back again, denominationalized again. Became what? The Methodists. They now, now they had a method, you see. Creeds, dogmas, method. You know, it's easy. You have to follow this thing. Not follow, you need to follow the word. Now, even you today, you should not feel a pressure as a measured believer to denominationalize, to look like the rest, to dress like them, to do things as they do. Because why? You, you have an order. You have a creed, the message of the hour. That's what you should follow. Amen? No pressure. Now, people are under what? Pressure of what? Modernism. Pressure of what? Pentecostalism. Pressure of being like, of tradition. Now you may say, okay, how can tradition creep into a church? <laughs> I will say, like the pastor said it. You find that they'll want you to be like Elekanyan if you are a pastor. Agree, you are from ZCC. Now they know the order of the ZCC. Now they want to make the message church to look like what? ZCC. Now if they were doing this dry... They want the message church to be like the apostles who are just the apostolic faith mission of Christ in Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. You know their names. <laughs> they want you to be like that. But now, it's a pressure. Now, remember, brethren, the reason there is pressure is because we are heading to something. <laughs> yes, we are heading somewhere. Yes, if you are, if you know, if you are going into a pyramid, at the pin of that pyramid, at the edge, that is where there is more pressure. Now we are, we are in the bright age. There is a squeeze. That is why Brother Bram says, when the squeeze come in, watch the third pool. Watch the third pool. Now you can see it. You can even feel it in the events that's going on in the world. Russia taking Ukraine. What did the prophet say? Watch Russia. The Israelites have gone home. Watch Israel. You see, the squeeze is coming. But for the children of God, oh God, it's going to be a brand new day. Because you're going to be heading somewhere. Now, you should not conform to the pressures. You should not lose hope. Because you have what? A revelation. Amen. Uh, let me see. I've gone through my quotes. I think some of them I went through them. Now, he says here, if you break the veil of, you must break the veil of tradition, break through the wall of denomination to see God in his power. You understand? Because if you don't do that, it's dead. Once where it, it was dead to go in, now it is dead. If you are outside the message of the hour, it is dead. Yeah. Now, you find that the critics, they don't want that. That we can say, there is a separation between message believers and others. I don't know what time is it, but <laughs> if we get time, I want to show you that there is a difference. 
There is always a difference between you and them. That is why you must become unique. Remain peculiar. Follow the word. Amen. The whole mercy seat is sitting in plain view. That is that's, that's, that's the truth. Anybody can see it. The veil is rent. Glory to God. The whole mercy seat has come into Because the whole mercy seat is Christ. He's in plain view. This message of the hour. That is why we say Christ is the mystery of God revealed. When you say God, the unveiling of God, Christ has been unveiled in our days. The whole mess, but it is not to everyone. It is to a selected few. Amen. All right. Uh, Let me see. Now, it's like we said, we're going to go to paragraph 128. He says, and today, the veil of tradition hides the words again. Saying, it's not so. But it is so. God is testifying of it, blasting himself right out as a bride, as the sun before everyone, and they still fail to see it. What was Abraham referring to? Remember, he, oh, let me give you a little bit of history. When Brother Brenham came and preaching, the, the, Pentecostalists, the Pentecostals used to sponsor his meetings. They used to be 40 churches who will come and combine and uh, group together to sponsor his, 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 his ministry. Now, that was in the 50, early 40s, 50s. Now, the problem happened in 63. That's when mostly started leaving him. Why? Because now that, that's when God was in plain view. Yeah. When Christ was in plain view. That's when they left him. Because now his ministry changed. Yeah. It was no longer, it's okay to be a Pentecostal. It's okay to be a Baptist. I'm a Baptist. It's like, come out. Yeah. That's when the people what, started moving back. The same they did with Christ. With the prophet, they did that. He says now, the veil, today the veil of tradition hides the words again, saying it's not so. But it is. God is testifying, blasting himself right as bright. This was in 1964. That's when his ministry seemed like it was dwindling. But remember, there were a selected few. Remember, many are, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. In type, Moses coming from the presence of the Lord with the word of God for the age. Now watch. We are now in Exodus 19. Don't miss it. Moses is coming from the presence of God. Moses is coming from the presence of God. He has been into the word. The word has been wrote. Okay, let me explain this one now. Remember there was a time when God uh, wanted to speak to the people. And then the people, he gave an order for what the people must wear. They must clean themselves. They must sanctify themselves for three days. And on the fourth day, they must come into Mount Sinai. So that the reason he wanted to do it was to vindicate Moses. So that the people will believe. So that they will, he will, they will be able to see him speaking mouth to mouth with Moses. Now, when that happened, the people, were, the mount, God came onto the Mount Sinai. The, the word of God says there was an earthquake. 
There was a blast. There was a dark cloud there. God was in that cloud. Dark cloud. Everything was trembling. Hey, the people were like, no. Ah, that is all. Moses. Basically, go speak with God. Tell him, no, we will listen to you. Now, Moses went into Mount Sinai. Now, when Moses came out with the word, the, 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 the Bible tells us that his face shone as bright as the sun. There was some glory on him. And while it was shining like that, the people could not see him. Because why? As long as Moses had the word, Moses was what? God. Now, they did not want to see God. Even God in a man, they did not want to see him. You understand? They say, hey, no, no, you talk. Now, to show you that the word is God, when Moses was talking, talking, the shine and the glory faded away. Why? Because the word that he had, he was releasing it to the people. Amen. When he was releasing it to the people, that means that God was the word that he was giving to the people. Now his countenance became normal. You see? That is what brother is showing us here, that it is the word. You need to receive the word for the age. Moses at that time had the word for the age. Peter had the word for the age. Paul had the word for the age. Brother Brenham, even in this time, he has the word for the age. And uh, You cannot take the message of Noah and use it now. It will not pass. They, for each and every age, there is a message. Even you, you have that message. Now you need to take the message for you to be able to live. Take that word to live. Amen. Now he says, when you go to 131, Moses had the word. Now remember, after the word was made manifest, Moses was Moses again. But while the word was in him to give out, he was what? God. Well, he wasn't Moses anymore. He heard the word of the Lord for that age. Even we now, we have the word of the Lord for our age. You see now? That is why you cannot be a Pentecostal. Because we well, don't have to wait for the age. Now, he had a word of the Lord for the age. Nothing could touch him till that was over. Had that word. You see now, even you, if you have the word, nothing can touch you. Until you want, you leave the way. That means that's when your trouble starts. But as long as you are in the word, you are fortified. Amen? Now you say, how, can it, how does it do? How do we do this? You'll find that it's always it's a revelation. You need to have a revelation. And I will even tell you a little story again because I see it seems like I'm giving you too much information. So I must just give you a story to <laughs> wake you up a bit. Amen. Amen. Now... When I was growing up, um, we in our church where I grew up, right there, in a village down there. You, we are from villages as well. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, there was a, a sister, Sister Lamen. Now, me, I was a student from university. Now, we'll have conferences, and we'll go have the conferences, then we'll come back. Now, that is why I'm saying a revelation is like a floodgate. 
You see, if you open a revelation and it's open to you, the moment it's open to you, nothing can stand in front of you. No, sir. Nothing. That means when it, the revelation is open, everything in front of on lower ground is in trouble. Now, this sister was old, but she had the revelation. Now, what used to happen was that when we used to come there, we used to take a taxi to go to, the, to church and come back. Sometimes we'll take a bus. And then now, you remember, we'll go for two services, then come back at night, go home. Now, on the way, you'll be traveling from Pretoria to the village, maybe around 100 kilometers. Now, people will start uh, talking about the message. Hey, did you hear the pastor say this and that and that? This sister will go there, word by word, tell you what the pastor was saying, how blessed she was when the pastor was saying this, jump up and down. Now, there were university students there, hearing nothing. <laughs> there was a sister, old sister, talking about the word, preaching almost, not preaching, she's a woman, but she was testifying of what the, you know, when you have joy in you, sometimes you can't keep it. There she was, the sister, talking, because why? She had a revelation. You know, she had a revelation so much that she could not write. She could not write. But she had this zeal in her that, you know, these books of the prophet, you know, I want, I want to read them. But I just don't know my ABCs. But they were the Greeks, educated. They could not hear him. There were some of us going to visit uh, when the, the pastor will talk about the, the threefold unfolding of God, the, the end of the gentle dispensation and the, the fullness of time, the end of the seven seed. It's like, hey, what are they talking about? But this sister, she was right in it. For her, it was like it was the word for her for the hour. Why? Because you need to go in. Because why? It is there to stay out. Now, this sister, she was in. She could, there was no doubt she was in. Because she could tell you the message as it, you know, come by it. Now, she went to the pastor and said, Pastor, you know, I want to, I want to read this spoken word. It, can God help me at least to be able to read? The pastor said, ah, oh, sister, God will help you. Do you know what? Within six months, she had a collection of spoken words. She had read all of them. Amen. She could read. Why? Because she had a zeal. Yes, Not to read some funny novels. Yes, the word. Yes, you know, God saw that she wanted to do. That's why I say you must be committed to something. Yes, God saw that this woman is committed. She wants to know this word. Yes, you know? But there were some of us. Yeah, we, we're reading big books, yeah? But when you come to the Word, it was blind. Why? Because God has to open it up for you. But today, I think you can't be denied, He has opened it up for me. At that time, it was closed. Why? Because God has to reveal it to you. Amen. Now, it's a revelation. It's like an opening of a floodgate. The moment it opens, the devil has no chance. Yes. If there's a demons there, demons, diseases, that revelation just drowns them. Amen. Any trouble that you may have in, in your life, if you, are, you just catch 
that revelation, it will be drowned. Amen. Now, in the end time, now this is it's a bit late, but this is where I wanted to come to. Remember, we've talked about the pillar of fire with Moses, the pillar of fire with Paul, the pillar of fire that it disappeared, it was never seen. But there was a time when the pillar of fire was seen. There was a time when there was a cloud seen in our age, in our time, in our brethren, this is our ministry. <laughs> in our ministry. So you see now, the vindication that Moses had, even our prophet William, you know, so this one is for you guys, <laughs> for you young ones, because you need to know these things so that you cannot be deceived. This one is for you. Now, there was a time when uh, God came and then uh, as a pillar of cloud. Now, you will see now, that is why I say in 1963, his message, his message changed because that's when the pillar of cloud, when the, 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 that cloud, circle of light, calls, calls it a circle of light and cloud. When you read in Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He says it's a circle of light and cloud. When that circle was opened, his ministry changed because it ushered in a new dispensation. It's ushered in a new age. The bride age. Hallelujah. Now, people, you see, people who always criticize the message, they will always go for that cloud. Why? Because that is where the core of the ministry centered on. Because now, when that cloud came in, what was it? Okay, let me tell you about the cloud first before I go on. Now, this cloud appeared in February 28, 1963, on Sunset Mountain. Now, February, bear in mind, February 28, on Sunset Mountain. What is, what's, what is the number 28? Life. Because remember, a woman's cycle is what? 28 days. Now, 28 is the number of life. So it ushered a new life for a believer. A new life for a believer. A new life for a child of God. When that circle of light came in. It came in, and then it was caught in what? Life magazine. <laughs> a circle of light and cloud of life caught in what? Life magazine. Young ones, you don't miss this one. It's for you. Now, James, Dr. James McDonald, he was a meteorologist at the Institute of Atmosphere Physics in Tucson, Arizona, at where, next to the, where, the, where, where the cloud came in. He says it was, he studied that cloud. Why? Because it was an unusual cloud. It was 26 miles high, 30 miles uh, across. Now, I don't want to be superstitious, but if you say 26 plus 30 and you divide it by 2, it gives you again? 28! Life again! <laughs> Amen! So it was a cycle of light and life. Amen! So, he studied it that it was a, and said it was a lot higher and bigger than a normal cloud should be. Stretching 30 miles high, being 26 miles across. Now, this circle, 
He says they hide where it was. There couldn't be any jet planes. And then when he, he, he studied around the area where that cloud appeared, there wasn't any rockets that had been fired. There was no planes that had passed there. Or there was no testing of any weapons of any kind. So these clouds just appeared. And the brother, I think Pastor Ijaza, I don't, this is something that comes to mind. The pastor thought about this cloud as well. That it was there for almost 40 days. I have to go and confirm that one. Remember even Moses was in Mount Sinai for 40 days. Even this cloud was in also for almost 40 days. Amen. Amen. Now he says, being 20, 26, 20, 30 miles high, there is no water droplets that can exist at that height or to make that cloud. So to him, it was an unusual cloud. But to us, it is a supernatural phenomenon. It is God. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's continue. Yeah, this one we are done with this one. Now, as message believers, uh, there is, for us, this cloud is significant. Yes. This pillar of fire is significant. It signifies that this message is true. Remember, God said to Moses, go onto the mountain, I will speak to you so that the people can know that I am with you, so that the people will what? Believe. So it shows you that this message has the approval of the Holy Spirit and approval of God, this clouds, this pillar of fire. That means when a pillar of fire comes on you, it's the angel of the Lord. An angel of the Lord cannot come onto any vessels. The vessel must be clean, sanctified, pure. It must be, that vessel, that vessel must be the, the throne of God. Amen. Remember, you are thrones Amen. of God as we speak this morning. The first throne was in what? Heaven. The second throne was in a temple. Now this, the third throne is what? In the heart of man. Amen. Amen. Now, this shows that this ministry was vindicated. The only ministry that was vindicated was the ministry of Moses, Paul, but also this one. Now, Dr. McDonald says the shape of it, of it, of it was unusual. No, it was not conforming to any known type of clouds. You know, Colombo Nimbus. You remember the clouds, brothers? Strato, what, what, all those clouds names. This one was not conforming to that. Because he says there was no precipitation that can stay at that height. Ah, brothers, the, you remember how clouds are formed. There must be evaporation and then the precipitation and condensation. There is no vapor that could stay at that height. Amen? So it was a cloud like no other cloud had been recorded. Amen? That is why it was what? Packed in Life magazine. It was a what? Supernatural phenomenon. Amen? The cloud... This cloud is at the center of our belief. I, so I thought you would say amen. amen. <laughs> uh, if, you, if it's not in your belief, at least say amen so that it can become a center of your belief. Amen. Because with this cloud, it was not an ordinary cloud. We said this what? It was a supernatural phenomenon. It signaled the opening of what? The seven seals. Yes. With this cloud, there was a constellation of angels that came. That cloud was a, it was angels. 
that came to give a message to the prophet. Amen. Amen. And that is why, I don't have the magazine. I tried to get it back. But if you look at the cloud on the magazine, you could see that there was a light on the rainbow at the back. When you look at through that thing, you could see a light and a halo on top of that cloud. Yes. Amen. Amen. So it was not only a passing cloud, but there were constellations of angels. And uh, Brother Brandon met the cloud at what? Sunset Mountain. So I want us to read a, a quotation again on the seven seals. The seven seal. So that we'll learn more about these clouds. Because it was a cloud of what? It was a circle of light and cloud. We'll read paragraph 405. Another thing, I want to give notice what has taken place. If you are listening to the tape of what time is this, you will notice that one angel was very notable to me. The rest of them seemed ordinarily. But this angel was a noted angel. He was to my left in the constellation in the form of a pyramid. Now, they form a pyramid, a constellation in the form of pyramid. There was one angel who was notable to Brother Brenham. Remember, if you walk in the street and then you see somebody that looks like you, wouldn't that, will that be ordinary? Will, that you, will you say that is an ordinary thing? No, so you will look. And then, that is why this one, he was notable to Brother Brenham. Why? Because it was his theophan. Yes. You say, how come? How can Brother Brenham see his theophan? Okay, let's go to John. John the, 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 the divine. When he was having the Patmos vision, he saw 24 elders. Wasn't he part of the 24 elders? Did he say, I see 11 elders? He says, I see 24. One of the 24 was the 12, uh, these are the 12 patriarchs and the 12 apostles. One of those, of those uh, uh, 24 elders was, it was him. Even with Brother Brenham, he was attracted to this one because he was notable because he, he looked like him. That is why he was, and that's the one. He, okay, let's go on. <laughs> Before I go. <laughs> and I, and remember, it was in the pyramid where the mysterious white road was not written on. And the angels took me, you see, into that pyramid of themselves. The mysteries of God known only to them. And now, them was the message that had come to interpret that pyramid. You see? Them, that, those pyramids of angels, was the message that came to interpret the message. Remember? If you remember the, the, that vision that you were talking about, there were people who came and uh, this brother, uh, Junior Jackson, had a dream whereby there was a, a blast on the mountain and then the rocks were cut. When there were rocks, there were a white rock that was, was cut. And then uh, Brother Bram, when he came, when he was moving west, he came and told the people, look onto that rock. Now he says now, they came. Now, they, 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 uh, where else? And the angels took me in the pyramid themselves, the mysteries of God only known to them. And them 
was the message was the messengers had come to interpret that pyramid. You see, that is why when, we, when the dream comes, Brian told the people to stay there and look into the pyramid. While they were looking at the pyramid, there were people who were looking. It is a white stone. You just see white there. They're like, ah, Mara, I think we've been looking for too long now. <laughs> so some left. Why? Because they could not see themselves in them. Even for you to remain in this message, you have to see yourself in this message. Then you can look at it and remain there. Now, while they were looking, they were looking, they didn't see nothing because they were not there. But those who were there, they kept on looking. When Brother Ben came back, they were still looking. Why? Something attracted them because they were part of that thing in there. You see, even this message must be part of you to be able to follow it. That is why when a person says they leave, it doesn't surprise us. They are not in there. They cannot see themselves in that white stone. When they look at that stone, it's just white. But you, you can see yourself in. Hallelujah. Now he says here, now the angel was to my left. Would really be the last <laughs> or seven angel? Who's the seven angel messenger? It's him. If we could count them from the left to right. Because he was on my left, me looking to him towards the west. Him coming towards the east would be on my left. So that would be the last angel's message Hallelujah. Very notable. Remember how I said he had his head back, his great sharp wings, how he flew, oh my goodness, how he flew right to me. Oh, I, I couldn't have said it clearly. How he flew right to me. A flying interpretation. He interpreted everything to Brother Brennan, because he flew right to him. Now, this is this seventh seal. Amen. It is still is a notable thing. Amen. And we don't know, and we are, we don't know what it is as yet. Remember, <laughs> the seventh seal excuse me, it's a secret. It's a mystery. Hidden. But not from you. The purpose of it was to hide it from the devil. But to reveal it to you. That is why when Brother Abraham speaks to you, you will like, he wants to tell you. Mara, he doesn't want to tell you. Mara, you go there and you write Christ, you read Christ is the mystery of God reveals. Then it's like he's unfolding the whole thing. What is that mystery? Is God wanting to have a preeminence in you? Christ. That is why he doesn't say Jesus. He says Christ. The anointing. The logos. The theophany. Wanting to have what? Preeminence in you. That means it's what? It is God revealing himself in Jesus that was, that was the part of the threefold mystery of God. 
was to reveal Christ to, to the people, to, to, for him to go, to, to, to go into Christ, to reveal Christ to the people, and so that he could take the people why? back to the Eden, to the kingdom. That was the, the mystery, that, that was the threefold mystery of God. Now, that was the main thing, that God must have what? First place in your life. Christ must have first place in you. That means when we see you, we must see him. You, you must be him revealed. You. When people want to see Christ, they say, hey, where is Brother Chetty? When people are in trouble, they must say, where is Brother Chetty? Because why? You have the answers for the age. If they have that trouble, you must be able to answer for them in that time. Amen. Now, as we go on. In that constellation, there was a notable one, like we said. And we, re- we just established who that is. Amen. And uh, during the encounter, the seals were broke because they came and it revealed. They had the message that they gave to Brother Brenham. That, means that message came in in the form of what? An angel. Because he says that angel flew into me. And he says, that is the seventh seal. Christ. You see? Christ is the seventh seal. It can't be as clear as that. You read Christ is the mystery of revealed, it expounds it clearly. Amen. Now, that is why the critics dispute and deny the significance of this cloud. And that is now, that is why they say Brother Brenham was never there. Because if he was there, it's a confirmation of what? Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6. It's a confirmation of what? Revelation 10, verse 7. You say he was there, it confirms that, that in the days of the, of the message, of the, of the sound of the messenger, of the seven angel messenger, when he shall begin to sound, all, it doesn't say some, but all of God's mysteries will be revealed as he has told to his seven day prophets. Amen. Now it's a confirmation of that. Now, as we go on, uh, now they will come. Now we will find out these people. There will be people who will criticize this message, and some of them they'll call it a cult. Others will come there, put videos on YouTube or whatever. How I survived a cult? <laughs> yes, my brother. <laughs> it's like <laughs> brother Manas is surprised. Yes. How I survived a cult called the message of the hour. You know, it's because these people, when they looked at that white stone, they could not see themselves. I mean, I can tell you what is a cult. A cult is like this. A cult is a, a, a religion whereby you are forced, you are bound to do something out of your choice. You have just forced to look there. If you are forced to look there, you get tired of it. You get, you know, you, you get emotional and angry because you, you, you don't know what you're looking at. You know, these people are actually punishing you. Then it's a cult. To those that could not see themselves in there. Yes, it's a cult. Because you are, you are just training yourself. matter when you see yourself in there, it is life to a believer. 
Now, they will say you are a cult because you are, you are refusing intellectualism. You are refusing Pentecostalism. You are refusing modernism. You are refusing traditionalism. Now, you become what? A cult because you don't want to conform. They say you must conform or die. Conform. The moment you say no, they say, ah, old fashioned. <laughs> old fashioned. Backward. But I say this morning, give me that old time religion. You call it old fashioned. But if it was good for Paul and Silas, I can tell you, it is still good for me. It is still good for you. Oh, brother. It will take the devil undercover. The devil has no chance with this message. Amen. Oh, man. It is, it is going to remain good for my sons, for my daughter, for my wife, for my family, even for you. Because why? I have seen what is in that white stone. May God reveal for you to see yourself there too. Then you will be hooked. Amen. Amen. Now, this message is at the core of our belief. We believe it. And uh, we don't only believe it. We live it. it. It has become life to us. Why? Because we have see, You see, sometimes, if you are a person... and uh, This is why I said, I didn't know... This just came to me. You see, if you don't get committed to something... God can use you. Yes. You understand? The reason is because you need to be committed to something for you to be able to see something. Yes. You cannot just come into the message and be in and out. Rather be in or be out. That is why God says he hates a make-believer. He hates a lukewarm church. That is why he says you audition people. The reason I hate you it's because you are lukewarm. Yeah. If it was possible, I will spew you out of my mouth. Yeah. God will spew you from if you are lukewarm. You have, you have to have a position. Yeah. You have to have a position on something. Yeah. Amen. You have to believe something. You cannot just walk in life. There is a purpose for you. Yeah. There is a purpose for, anyone, for everyone. You must discover your purpose. Why am I here? What is the reason I'm here? Why am I sitting there? There is a purpose. It is for you to discover. Discover yourself in that white stone. See yourself in there. Then you will see your purpose. Amen. Now, you'll find that nothing can separate us from this message. Because this message for us, it is the love of Christ for us. You see, the life. Paul says nothing can separate us from, separate me from the love of Christ. Not strife, neither hunger, criticism. Hey, brother, you can criticize. We'll still be in this message. Criticism, sickness, poverty. Uh, you can come with everything. Just leave me with Christ. Take, you can take everything. Leave me with what? Christ. It is sufficient. You see, when, that is why sometimes they say you are peculiar. Because you'll find a person there, according to the world, doesn't have anything. But the person is happy. You're like, how is this person happy? Look where he stays. Look how, 
It is because he has joy inside. Uh, this thing of... Uh, oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but this thing of posting fake things. Oh, no. They don't, the person doesn't have anything to post because there's something that is so important, that is so good that he cannot post. People normally post, post, post. Most of them say it's fake. Because they are trying to uplift themselves. This one does not lift uplifting because uplifting is in him. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, you know, brother, not even death can separate us from this message. Yeah. It is a what? The life of Christ for us. Yeah. You see, let me go on to this one now. You find that when you are in the message now, in the message. You have lots of problems. I agree you are in the message. You are in church. You have problems. But when the message is in you, you find that problems go away. Because now there is something pushing those problems away from you. Because there is something. But if you are in something and you don't have something in you, <laughs> you'll have a problem. <laughs> Amen. That is why you find that if you are a message believer, you don't have a problem on how to dress. No, you don't have a problem with those things. In fact, you have a problem with the dress, not how to dress. How, how will this dress fit me as a message believer? When I dress it, how will it portray me? Not how to dress. No. Nobody will come and say, hey, the, the, the trouser is too tight. No. For you inside is already tells you no. I, this, this, this is a problem. Nobody, because why? It is the dress that is a problem. You, you don't have a problem. You know what you are. You know what you have. You know what you need to do. Amen. Because why? There is something in you. Hallelujah. You cannot go there and say, the dress is too tight. The trouser is tightening. And we come and we tell you, hey, brother, change. No. There must be a change from inside. <laughs> it might that change must say, okay, what is the bride's dress way? The word. The word dressing you will tell you, ah, this, this doesn't fit me. This, you cannot wear a dress that chokes the word. No. <laughs> no, sir, you can't. That's the word will tell you. Uh -uh. Remember, when you have the message, you have fire in you. It is just going to chop that dress, that trouser to pieces and say, get another one. The fire inside of you. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to the cloud. I haven't forgotten my cloud. We are still, <laughs> we are still coming with this cloud. Now, you see now, when this cloud came, it was packed in Life magazine. How many know the Vogue magazine? Yeah, there's a magazine called Vogue. It was not in Vogue magazine. You know what the word Vogue means? It means popular, fashionable, acceptable. That is why people reject it, because it was not in an acceptable, popular, fashionable magazine. This message, they say is an, you are all fashioned. You are not popular. It's un, your dress code is unacceptable. But be who you are. Yeah. Amen. That is why 
people today, especially the critics, can't accept it because it's not popular, it's not fashionable, it doesn't move with the times, it's not modern. Amen? Now, the only time the cloud will appear was when there is a major prophet like Moses. It shows you that William Marion Brenham is the major prophet of the hour. You know, uh, there was a, the, Tommy Osborne is an American evangelist. Um, he says when Brother Branham was here on earth, it was like Christ walking on earth for the second time. That, the kind, that was the kind of vindication, the kind of signs and wonders that were happening to show you that this message it is actually vindicated, to show you that this message is actually the truth. Even these so-called major ones, you know. <laughs> if you tell them about prophet, they will tell you, hey, brother, you can't touch that one. Yeah. When it comes to discernment, when it comes to prophecy, no, no, that one was in an, another. Because they know that they as is make-believe. Yeah. But they, you know, that's why we say the demons will know the right, the, the right thing. They will always tell you. They will tell you, no, that one. No, that one you can't touch. Because they know what they are using to do, to prophesy. They are using something, but it's not what that man was using. There was no angel that came to them. They have to do things. I'm not going to go into there. They have to do things to show things. But now, when William Branham was there, he will just, I mean, visions were just breaking forth. He will tell you, a, a sister with a red dress from where and where and where, you know, this is your problem. You see now, this nowadays, you know what they'll do? My father, should I tell you? They'll have a, a, a spy in your house. And then the spy goes and tells this prophet how your house looks like. While I'm preaching here, I'm like, hey, there is a sister whose house looks like this. It's my nose there. He's what, what? Now you jump and say, hey, hey major one, major one. No. <laughs> there is no such. <laughs> There is definitely no such. Now, there's something I want to read you for you now. You say the pillar of cloud, because it was a signal, the revelation of the seventh seal. People, they don't want them. But have you realized that people, they don't have a problem with the pillar of fire? No, the pillar of fire, because it was there, they could see it, it was on top of his head. They didn't have a problem with that. But there is something about the pillar of fire that I will want to read for you. Wrote for you. Let me read it for you. This amazing photograph was taken of Brother William Brenham in Houston. This one. Uh, Texas in January of 1950 by Douglas Studios. It was taken during the same campaign in which Brother Boswell brought to him the prayer request of Florence Nightingale, a South African whose story is told in the chapter telling how, Will, how William Brenham decided, decided upon a visit to South Africa. One photographer, James, uh, what is that? Let me read it. Uh, there's something I want to show you here. I shouldn't miss it.
Yes. Oh, yes. What I wanted to tell you is that when the, this photograph was about to be taken, that was at the time of the meetings when Brother Brem was speaking about Florence Nightingale. And that was at a time when Brother Brenham decided to visit South Africa. Now, do you see how special you are? That this pillar of light, because maybe I should read it. I'm trying to save time. Because it says here, when the pillar of clouds was taken, it was not seen clearly. Remember, when you were at the Ohio River there, um, and then the baptizing, it came. Man, this was the first time it was taken so clearly. Now, it shows that when it was decided that the prophet must come to Africa, South Africa, Africa, God was happy. That is why even the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire, shone so brightly to show that God loves you. Amen. That even the, the, there was a vindication of Amen. the pillar of fire shining brightly in a meeting when the decision was taken that he will come and visit Africa. Amen. Amen. So you Africans, you are beloved. Amen. Don't take yourself down. Don't say you are, you are part and parcel. You are just grafted. You are the real, real part of a tree. Amen. Not, a, not just a grafted, but the real part of the bride. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, let's go on. I don't know how much time we still have. Maybe 10 minutes or something. I don't know. Um, there's something I want to show you here. I don't know if we'll have time to do it, but let's try. Now, the, 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 the cloud, this cloud is signal the coming of, 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 of the coming of Christ to the earth. Do you know that you are an earth? You are part of the earth. Now, when Christ was coming in, as, to the earth, he didn't mean this earth. He meant you people. It means the coming of, the, of Christ to the earth. That is why the pillar of fire was the head, and on there, there was his body, the bride of people, down there. You understand? It was Christ coming to his bride. It signaled the coming together of Christ to his people. The revelation of Christ. And it, it shows that Christ has been the mysteries that has been revealed. Christ. That is, that is why we, we receive, that is why we receive, when you receive the seventh seal, you receive what? Christ. That's what you receive. You receive Christ, then you've received the seventh seal. You are no longer in the seven church ages, no? when, you receive, when, when you receive the seventh seal. You are out of the seven churches. You are in the dispensation of the fullness. Paul talks about, in Ephesians 1 verse 10, talks about dispensation of the fullness of time. That is what we are. Because dispensation of the fullness of time signals eternity. You are here, but your soul is in eternity. Mara, you are here. That is why we say you are in heavenly places, in Christ. That is Paul again. When you are in Christ, you are in heavenly places. And he says, but the Bible says, heavenly places is a believer's position in Christ. When you are correctly positioned, you are here, but you are somewhere else. Because you belong somewhere else. Hallelujah. Now, it signaled the bright age. I wanted to read this one, but uh, I don't think we might have time for this one. Uh, modern events made clear by prophets. I don't know if we'll have time. 
Is it possible to just show that one, my brother? We'll read these codes quickly. Yes. He says here, we are not living in a Pentecostal age. We are living in another age. See, we are not living in the Methodist age. We are living in another age. We are living on up here to the what? Pride age. The calling out of the church and getting it together for what? Rapture. This is why we say you are you are almost in eternity because that is how you say it's like your spirit is bumping against your theophany. I can hear my theophany calling me. Hallelujah. The calling out of the church and getting it together for the rapture. Remember, brethren, rapture is a process. You don't just get rapture and say, hey, I'm raptured. It is not a surprise. It's a process that you you as a believer, you can feel it. You know. You know, there's something in me uplifting me to something. Rapture. And when you've reached that perfect faith, rapture will take place. That's the age that we are now living. To my honest opinion, that's exactly the truth. Hallelujah. We'll read another quotation so that we can be quickly pass. Um, because he's already said it. We're not living in the Pentecostal age. Methodist age. I don't need to repeat that one. Now, let's go on to this one now. Uh, trying to get a quotation for you. What is the attraction on the mountain? This one we need to read. What is that attraction on that mountain? If you can just get that one for me, my brother. I'm just trying to skip some of the, my notes here because I still have a lot, but I don't have time. Amen. Yeah, we are here now. We'll read paragraph 146. Now, it is Junior Jackson. Junior Jackson, listening in, you remember the dream that he had that I interpreted going towards the setting of the sun. And this happened on what? Sunset Mountain. It is evening time, sunset. The sunset message, sunset message through a setting of history. Okay. Let me try to explain something. When, when Brother Berman, the opens were sealing, were, 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 were open, it was the setting of another age and the opening of another age. That means that's when the Laodicean church age ended. And then now we started to, there was an opening of what we call the bright age. And uh, the sunset message through a setting of history, a setting of prophecy rather being fulfilled. And it shall be light at the evening time upon sunset mountain in the Coronado Forest, 40 miles north of Tax Tucson, on the map, and see if sunset peaks there. That's exactly where it happens. I never know, I never knew it till the other day. Everything, they shall never die. It is constantly unrolling. That shall never die. That is the seventh seal. It is constantly unrolling, unfolding itself. From the very 
thing happening to the picture being Jesus standing, looking at us. Okay, let's, let's, let's stay there. You remember when there was a time when Moses wanted to see God. And God told Moses and said, I'm going to put you in, in a cleft of a rock. And I'm going to put my hands on your, 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 your face. And then uh, I'm just going to pass by. Then I'm going to take off my hands. Then you can have a look at me. What did Moses say? It was the back part of a man. But where was he heading to? That man. Because Brother Abraham teaches us that it, is, it was that back, that man was a logos. It was a theophany. And a theophany is what? The logos is what? It was the son that came out of God. The spoken word that came out of God was his son. That was just the theophany. So, when he was heading, now you come to Sunset Mountain. There was the picture there. Moses could not see this face. But you, this morning, you are privileged to be able to see this face. He saw the back, but there on Sunset Mountain, what he says, when you took the picture and you turn it around and you put this picture, is the face of what? Christ. That is why it's it's the head. Who's the body? You. So now for Moses, Moses was only seeing the back part of what was to come because Christ was heading towards you. You get it now. Because he was, he saw the back part because he was heading towards Sunset Mountain to reveal himself to you so that you, you will be privileged to be able to see what? The face. That is why he says from the very thing happening to the picture being Jesus looking at us. You get it now. Jesus looking at you. There. That Hoffman, Brother Bremer said the Hoffman picture is the closest resemblance of Christ that you can have, that was ever drawn. You take that picture, you put it there, it's Jesus. You get it now. It seems like I'm the only one who's excited about this. <laughs> Amen. So it does what? Jesus standing looking at us. Now exactly on sunset mountain and the sunset light. The evening light has come. God vindicating himself. What is it? It's the fact that God and Christ are one. The white. How many have seen it? The white week upon him as we talked in Revelation 1. The supreme date. That he is the supreme deity, having the supreme authority. No other voice, no other God. No, in a believer, there is no other God, no other voice, but the voice of Christ. In him dwells, there it is, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The angels themselves was his weak. <laughs> Hallelujah. That constellation of angels was his week. Do you get it? What happened upon Sunset Mountain? God confirming his word. That's what all this noise is about. Notice, it's God fulfilling his promised word again. Revelation 10, 1 to 7. That is what the people are trying to deny. Amen. And in the days of the sound of the seven angels' message, the mystery of God should be finished. The hidden mystery of Revelation 10, 1 to 7, the last message to the last church age fulfills exactly this age. 
Amen. The day when the Son of Man shall be revealed. Amen. This one I'll skip. Uh, we won't have time for this one. Now, to confirm what I was saying, I will read you something here. We've skipped some of the quotations because we don't have time. But I've already... Um, yes, question and answers on Hebrews. We'll read paragraph 385. Now, he's speaking of the... Uh, 5701002. Yes. Uh, question and answers on Hebrews. Now he's speaking of the soul, the spirit, for we pack our bodies over the grave of the same test of us for this body. And the body in the first place when God, the logos, went out of God. Or, oh, as I've went through, is the Catholic, as the Catholic call it, the eternal sonship of God. Which, as I've said before, the word doesn't make sense. You can't have an eternal son. Because a son is what is born. You can't be eternal. Amen? So there cannot be an eternal son because a son has to have a beginning. And so Jesus has had a beginning. God had no beginning. But the son, no eternal sonship. But the son that was with the father in the beginning was the logos that came out of God. It was the theophany of God that went out. The human form that didn't have eyes like you see. A better eye. You see, brother, up there, we'll have a better eye. We'll have a, we'll be, you see, we'll be in a theophany. Our body, our worthy body. We'll have a better eye, better ears. See, it was a theophany that all the rainbow condescended into a theophany. Moses, you see, there we get it now. Moses saw it when it passed through the rock like that. He saw the back parts, said it, is, it looked like a man. That was a theophany. Amen. Amen. So we've gone through that one. Let's see as I'm trying to close quickly. Now, there is a significance and importance to this cloud. It showed a partnership between God and man, between God and us. It, shows that the full, the, the, it showed the fulfillment of the covenant between God and us. Knowledge of his significance is one of the basics and fundamentals of our faith. That's also what I was telling you guys. No, knowledge of these things is the basics and fundamentals of our faith. It is important for you to know these things so that you will never be deceived. Do you know, as we speak now, you can't deceive a Muslim child? No, you, you can't change him. Why? Because he's taught his religion from home. I was, I was surprised to even find out that when they come from school, the children, do you know that they have extra classes? Yes. Oh, the sister at least is not in there because she knows it. Yeah, they have extra classes. To, to, to read, uh, to learn the Quran. Is it the Quran? Yeah, the Quran. To learn it, to recite it. Extra classes. You go to school, they teach you ABCs. After that, you have afternoon classes. Learning the Quran. Ah, brother, for me, if that's happening, it is the Quran or nothing. Yeah, it's just the Quran. That means you go there for them. When you say Jesus, they say, ah, you mean the one who's like our prophet Muhammad? Yeah. When you say Jesus, they say Muhammad. Why? Because it is indoctrinated. But for us, we don't want to give you doctrine. We want to give you life. 
That means we want you to have, you to have knowledge that you can turn into life. Yeah. And it becomes, okay, it becomes part of you. Yeah. Remember when John was given the book and they said it's going to be sweet and sour there. The reason it was bitter there, it was because it was assimilating. Yes, when you learn this thing, sometimes you don't uh, understand. It will be painful. Mara, you'll find that after that, it is joy everlasting. Hallelujah. Now, it is a part of our belief system. Yes, this is part of our belief system. You can't talk about the message of the hour, the end time message, and not talk about the cloud. Then we don't know what you believe. Now, it is something that you need to understand, need to learn. Children must be taught at home these things. Yes. I agree that those are teaching them the Quran. Teach them the message of the hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when they go, they, they are on power. When he says, Muhammad, he says, Jesus. And he says, ah, in fact, you know what? Me, I also have another prophet, Brenham. <laughs> Which one is that one? Yeah, now you hit him with another thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Talk about the pillar of fire. You need to talk about those things. Now, the critics, those are the first things they will attack. Mara, you find that if you don't have knowledge of these things, it's easy for you to succumb and pretend as if you, you, you're not a message believer when they attack the message. Because you don't have anything to defend yourself with. When that man tells you about how blessed they are as Muslims, he's preaching there. You have nothing. Now we need to teach you so that you have something. When it comes with a thing, Muslim, you come with something, which is the word. Hallelujah. Now, these are the first things they attack. That is why I prepared this message. So that why? You will know. You will remember soldiers are trained. And how are they drilled? By doing the process of war, as if they are simulating war. So with us, we are we are also simulating now to show you how the critics will come. So that when they come, you are prepared, you are ready, you are trained. Amen. Now, for us to say you are partnered with Christ, you have veiled him, there must be a proof. How do you prove that? That uh, Manasseh is partnered with Christ. Manasseh is veiling Christ. How how do we prove that? I'm going to pass some of the quotations here because... uh, it's just going to take, this notes are just going to take a lot of time. Uh, let's see. How do we prove that? There's a quotation I would want to, to prove to you. How do we prove that you have the Holy Spirit? How do we prove that you have received Christ? There's a quotation on uh, Smile in Church Age. I gave you, you, you know it's difficult for you to get it, but if you, get, you, you put those, those words, it will, it will be able to take out the, that quotation. Yeah, you see, I've, I've always, I've, uh, amen. Now, now, smiling church age, uh, it says, now we have been constantly saying that the true evidence, so now we have been, this one you have to put in, <laughs> amen. Now we have been constantly saying that 
the true evidence of being baptized with the Holy Ghost is for a believer to, be, to receive the word of the age in which he lives. Do, do you get it? That's the quotation. It's just like that. If you are an Israelite, you had to receive the message of Moses. Come out of Egypt. Come out of Egypt. Here are the Ten Commandments. Here are the laws of, of, of God. Do not do this. Go into the promised land. That was his message, basically. For you to say you are an Israelite and you believe the Moses of, of Mo, you believe Moses, you had to accept those instructions. But we cannot come and say, go to Palestine and go into Egypt. That's not your message. You, there must be a message for your hour, for your time. Now, the evidence that you have received the Holy Ghost is when you receive that message. It is simple. Yeah. If you say the proof that you have received Christ, you have to receive his word. You have to receive his message according to your age. Let's read another quotation because we don't have time. Uh, I'm skipping. Because some of the things we were already talking about. Let's go to Pergamian Church Age. Also, I gave you the Yes, Pergamian Church Age, the Church Age book. So this one will read quickly. The evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost today is just the same as it was in the days of our Lord. You had to receive what? His message. It is receiving the word of truth for the day in which you live. Yes. Jesus never distressed the importance of works as he did the word. Yeah, because you need to do, you have to receive the word first for the works to follow. Yeah, you cannot just work. You cannot work towards your salvation. You need to be saved first and then start doing the works of Christ. Amen? He, he knew that if the people got the work, you see, if you got the word, the works will follow. That is Bible. It's like that. Now, Jesus knew that there was going to be a terrible drift away from the word in the Pecamian church age, which was yet, as yet 200 years off from the Patmos vision. He knew that drift would cause them to go into the dark ages. He knew that the way men originally got away from the God was by first living the word. You leave the word, you get away from Christ. For you to get into Christ, you need to get the word, then you get into Christ. Thus, he is presenting himself to the church. If you leave the word, you have left God. Thus, he is, it's obvious, thus, he is presenting himself to the church of Pergamos and indeed to all the churches of all ages. He says, I'm the word. If you want deity in your midst, then welcome and receive the word. Don't ever let anyone or anything get between you and that word. I was sharing with my wife, I think it was yesterday, 
we are talking about priorities. That means in your life, you should never let anything get between you and God. Amen. The first priority, the first place, he said, I mean, the unfolding, he wants to have preeminence in Amen. you. That means in your life, it is Amen. God first. Amen. Nothing should get between you and the word. Then, it is your family. And you. <laughs> yes. That means me, I'm last. Amen. The family must be fine. If I don't eat, it's okay. They must eat. Yes. But I cannot go there and rob a store <laughs> to give them food. You, you get it now? Yes. I cannot go there and rob people and say I'm feeding my family. Because it must be God first. That means everything that you do, you must do it in the name of them. Hallelujah. That's it. So it is what? God first. Then your family. Then you. You can't commit crime to feed the second one. Because you will be violating the first one. You see it now. You get it. I, this, this which I'm giving you, the word, is a revelation of myself. That is Christ here speaking. I'm the word, remember that. I wonder, is Brother Brennan speaking, if we're sufficiently impressed with the word in our midst. Are we? Do you, do you, are you sufficiently, have you realized the quality and the quantity of word that we have in our midst? Are you impressed by it? Has it made an impression in your life? Look into that white stone. See yourself. Then an impression will be made. How do we pray? We pray in the name of Jesus, don't we? Every prayer in his name, or there is no, there isn't any answer. You, yet in John 5, 14, we are told, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Amen. And we know that he hears us, whatsoever he, we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. Now we ask, what is the will of God? There's only one way to know his will. That is by the word of God. Remember, when we started with our message, the law of faith, we said faith is governed by law. And that law is controlled by what? The word. The spirit of God, the word, is the control of that law of faith. He says, if you can find the key to that law, you will unlock anything. Amen. What unlocks it? The word. Amen. Amen. Where I was? Where am I now? Lamentation 3, verse 37, he says, Who is he that said, and, is, and it came to pass when the Lord commanded it not? You see, brother, nobody can come and put a curse on your life if you are a Christian. Who is he that said, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded it not? Nobody can do anything to you if you are in that word. In that word, you are saved. You are fortified. You are in heavenly places with Christ. Because it's the word or nothing. If you are in with nothing, everything will attack you. If you are with that word, 
Nothing can take place in your life except God allow it. I've preached on that many times. We're not going to go there. Amen? There it is. It is. If it isn't in the word, you see, you can't have it. So we, can, we can't ask unless it's in the word. We can't petition or ask unless it's in his name. There it is again. Jesus, the name is the word, the will. You can't separate God and the weight. They are one. Now, here is my almost a closing quotation. Yeah, yeah, just five minutes, then we are done. Now, let's read Perfect Faith, because that one will just clarify everything for you. So, Perfect Faith, paragraph 144. I was supposed to read this the last time I preached. I didn't get time. So I can't leave it again. I have to give it to you. Amen. Uh, do you give me five more minutes? Amen. Amen. Yes, he says here. When a man lives by faith and walks by faith, I mean substance faith, real faith. He is isolated from the entire world and become a new creature in what? Christ. They then now you are getting into what? Bright material. See, you are getting into what? Rapturing condition. You see, you are getting into rapturing condition now. That means for each and every one of us, not just the pastor, not just the deacons, not just the trustees, even the laity. That means for the laity, every individual walks in the world with God alone. It's, that is why we say, he must get into you. He must have preeminence in you. You must have an individual walk with Christ. Because end of the day, it's you and Christ. You are, if you are a child, let's, let's speak to you guys a bit. Your parents will never answer for you. No, they will direct you. But when the time comes, you have to go there and stand for yourself. That is why those children are indoctrinated early. So that when they are there, university, wherever, they can stand for themselves. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's you and God alone. Yes. Amen. You, not the parent taking you and baptizing you into the kingdom. You must be baptized into this kingdom. There is nobody in there but you and God. That is the revelation. When you have the revelation, there is nobody but you. And it does You see, if you have the revelation... All of us can backslide here. You will still be there. Yes. Agree? You have the revelation. Yes. Mara, if you are part of a group, yeah. hey, Manasseh has gone. Oh, my friend, why did you go? Oh, you see there. Ah, no, let's go. <laughs> you see, because why you are part of a group. Mara, when it's you, you are feeding directly from the yes. throne. You are feeding directly from God. Yes. You are taking a walk and close a walk with God. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah can tell you. Amen. Amen. You are baptized into this kingdom and there is nobody in there but you and God. He gives the orders. What do you do? You just pack them out. The word is the order. You just do it. Effortlessly so. No effort. No. That is why they say what? You have to get the word and the works shall follow. You see, he gives you the orders, the word, and the works 
follow. You see? You, whatever he says, there is no shadow or doubt nowhere. You walk right on. Even if you don't understand, by faith, you walk right on. Amen? If the Lord says this, there's nobody. You see now, that's why I'm saying, man, also can say, let's go together. <laughs> then let's leave. Let's form another church there. If the Lord says this, there's nobody in the world can take you out of it. You are right on just the same. You just move on right with God just the same. Nobody can say, leave and you leave. I agree, you've seen it. The veil has been what? Open for you. You are now communing with Christ personally. Amen. Amen. Now, you are coming into perfect faith. Perfect perfection that cannot fail. Yes. And that faith never fails. Yes, he was a mystic to them with his perfect faith. So it is now with those who have perfect faith. You also, you become what? A mystic to others. Amen. Now for our closing quotation. We are closing, folks. <laughs> uh, that will be Padma's vision. Yes. He says, since you've got this, since you are in partnership with Christ, you are in partnership with God, God has been revealed to you. He has been unveiled to you. You know who this God is. You are even part and parcel of him. You are there communing with him. He says, don't fear, John. Remember, it was John who opened up the, who, who, who was given the revelation there. Who, amen. He says, not only John, don't fear you little ones. All that I am. Amen. This, my brother, I have to wait for you now. We are closing. <laughs> Don't fear, just, just say, don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. Then we'll be closing. This is the last quotation. Do, 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 do it justice. Eh? <laughs> it's the last one. Amen. Amen. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, me, Christ. All that I am. You are heir to. All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours. As I stand in your midst, I have not come to bring fear and faith. Oh, brother. He has not come to bring you fear and failure, but a love and courage. Not only love and courage, but ability to. You need to be able to pack those orders. So he has not only come here to give you what? Fear and failure, but to give you love, courage, and what? Ability. All my power is given unto me, and it is yours to use. Hallelujah. There can't be a better message than that. All my power is given unto me by God. And now I'm giving it to you to use he says, you speak the word, I will perform it. Amen. You see, that's the covenant I was speaking with you about. That's my covenant and it can never 
fail. Hallelujah. May God bless the reading of his word. We stand up. Amen. Uh, the musician can come in. Amen. So there it is then. All that is mine is yours. My ability is yours. My mind is yours. You are heir to everything that I am. Amen. And when you do, you carry those orders. There is no doubt anywhere here. You just walk with him just the same. Whether there are people criticizing you, whether there are people who are unbelieving, you just walk the same. Because you know who you are, you know where you are going, you know where you are from, and you know why you are here. Amen. Can we just sing a worshiping song? Amen.
as we sing another worship song, as we close, as there's no, we already gone past our allocated time. We'll ask Brother Lassimi to come and press the, come and close the saves of the Lord in prayer. Amen. Uh, and as we're going to sing this song, if the, you have any need or you have anything, you know that God answers anything that you may have. Whether you have a, you are, you have a, there is an illness that you have, there is a desire that you want, there is something that you want for, for him to do for you, he's still the same God yesterday, as he was yesterday. And he'll still be the same God, the one that is able to provide. It does not matter what is it that you might be having, whatever you might be going through. He can provide a solution. He can provide a healing. He can provide the deliverance. Whatever it is that you might be going through, he has never... That is why he says, I did not come here to give you a spirit of fear, but I've come here to give a spirit of love, ability, love, courage, and ability. So that you'll be able to go on with your life, carry with your life peacefully. If you're, you, you, it's, it's difficult for you if you're sick to be able to live peacefully. But you cannot be sick while you have what? Jehovah we can heal. You cannot be here and live, go on with your life, needing deliverance while you have a Jehovah who can redeem and deliver. While you, the answer, he says, the answer was staring there right in front of them. And I can tell you even this morning, the answer is still red, staring right there in front of you. Jesus is the answer. It does not matter what problem, what is it that you may be going through. He can provide a solution for everything that you might be going for in life. I do not know it. You are the one who knows it. But if you want the solution, you have come to this right place. Uh, as we sing this worshiping song, and Brother Lassimo will come, if there's any person who wants to raise up their hand to Christ, you can do that while we sing the worshiping song, and Brother Lassimo will bring you to God in prayer. Amen.
gracious heavenly father lord we come before your throne of mercy this afternoon father we thank you lord for coming unto us and speaking unto us by god lord for we have partnered with your god lord we thank you for this partnership that we have with your father there are people who are choosing to partner with other people, Lord. There are nations who are choosing to partner with other nations, Lord. But, Lord, we thank you, Father God, Lord, for giving us this deep revelation, oh God, Father. So that, Lord, when you came to us, Father God, Lord, we did not choose you, but you chose us, Father, for the purpose of a partnership with you, Father God, Lord. We know, Lord, that, Lord, there are things, Father God, that you can entrust us to do while you are sitting, Father God, and trusting us, Father, that we will do the right thing, Father God, Lord. Like, Father God, Lord, our brother, Father God, Lord, came with the burden, Father, Father, of the message that he once preached, Father God, Lord, but knowing, Father, that, Lord, there is something that you were coming, Father, to build upon our faith, Father God, Lord, bringing us, Father God, Lord, to a higher level, Father God, Lord, so that, Lord, we can, Lord, have a better communion with you, Father God, Lord. We thank you, Father God, Lord. May you restore the virtue that came out of him, Father God, Lord. May you give him more and more, Father God, Lord, so that, Lord, every time he comes and stands behind this pulpit, Father God, Lord, you utter words of life unto us, Father God, Lord, that, Lord, we may be able to receive, Father, that which you have ushered unto us, oh, Father God, Lord. We thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father, for every word, oh, Father God, Lord, for the children, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father, Lord, we know, Lord, that, Lord, these teachings, Father God, Lord, they've gone deeper, Father God, Lord. For we know, my God and my Lord, Father God, Lord, that sometimes fire, when it is burning, sometimes grass fire will just burn quick and fast and finishes, oh, Father God, Lord. But, Lord, when we burn logs, Father God, Lord, it goes deeper and it takes longer, Father God, Lord, for that fire will go a long way, oh, Father God, Lord. And today, Father God, Lord, we could see logs that were being burnt, Father God, Lord. And we could feel the fire getting deeper and deeper, Father God, Lord. That will sustain us, Father God, a long way, Father God, Lord, for the words of teachings, the words of wisdom that came through this pulpit today, Father God, Lord. My God and my Lord, Father, they will go a long way into our kids, Father God, Lord. We have come to church with children, Father God, Lord. And we know that when they go out of this church today, Father God, Lord, they have got something, Father God, Lord. They will go to a contest with a Muslim. They will go to a contest with a Satanist, with an unbeliever, because they have been taught the fundamentals of the message of the hour. They know they are prophets. They know, Father God, Lord, what that sunset, uh, that cloud on the sunset uh, means, Father God, Lord. Oh, my God and my Lord, Father God, Lord. Not only that, Father, but, Lord, you are always an after preacher. We know at homes, they listen to tapes, they read uh, Bibles, they read spoken words, Father God, Lord. But, Lord, when the man of God comes here, Father God, Lord, and explains things that we have been going through, and explains, Father God, the messages that they have been listening to, Father God, Lord, we know, my God and my Lord, Father, that you are in with us in our homes. You are with us, Father God, Lord, in our prayer meetings. You are with us, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father, in those hidden corners, Father God, Lord, you hear us, you care for us, Father God, Lord. That's why you come in a special way, oh, Father God, Lord. My God and my Lord, we are not looking at a time for the clock, Father, was made by men, oh, Father God, Lord. One day, time shall be no more. Time shall be destroyed, Father God, Lord. But this word that has been spoken here, Father, they shall take us beyond time, oh, Father God, Lord. They shall take us, Father God, Lord Jesus, Father, beyond the imaginations and thoughts of men, oh, Father. Therefore, we appreciate you, Father God, Lord. May you bless him. May you bless his family. May you come, Father God, Lord Jesus, every time, Father God, Lord, and do what far more than what we can ask or what we can imagine, oh, Father God, Lord. We are also coming 
pray before you this moment, oh Father God, Lord, knowing, Father, that elsewhere, Father, in Trinidad there, Father, our pastor, maybe right now is preparing, Father God, Lord, to go and present himself before those believers, Father. He has never been with them, oh Father God, Lord, but my God, we know you, oh Father God, Lord. You are omnipresent. You are a God that, when he was here preaching, Father, you were there, oh Father God, Lord. You know the needs of people in the Caribbean. You know the needs of us here, Father God, Lord. We are just presenting our dear precious pastor right now, Father God, Lord. The hand that was with him here, Father, the voice that spoke through him here, may it do the same, Father God, Lord, there in Trinidad, Father God, Lord, as we possess the gates of the enemy, Father. We know that the devil is the enemy, Father God, Lord, and we know his tricks. We know what he can do, and we know what he cannot do also, Father God, Lord, because, Lord, we are partners together with you, Father God, Lord. May you hold our pastor. May you, Father God, inspire him, Father. May he be a burning call, Father God, Lord, there, Father God, Lord, so that, Lord, the fire that will come out of him, Father, will ignite those uh, aborigines, those, I mean, Caribbeans, Father God, Lord. May they uh, see you, Father God, Lord, and may they identify you in a man that is called Pastor Madiba, Father. We are just praying for him, Father God, Lord. May your hand not leave him, Father God, Lord. May that pillar of fire that we have been taught here, that was photographed clearly, Father God, Lord, when it was mentioned that when there was a thought of South Africa, when there was a thought of Florence Nightingale, Father, we know that you knew us that we would be in South Africa. You knew us that we would be in Africa. And, oh, Father God, Lord, there is a man from Africa that is in Trinidad right now, Father. We are praying for him, oh God, Lord, that your hand, the spiritual hand, the supernatural hand of God may embrace him, oh God. May lift him up higher, oh Lord, that, Lord, your words may be uttered out of the God, Lord. Signs and wonders and the miracles may follow that those people who believe that, oh God, even in Africa, there are men that were called of God. They are God called men that come from Africa, oh Father. And Lord, vindicate your word. Show it, oh Father God, Lord. My God and my Lord, Father, we are also praying, oh Father, that, that if there is anyone in this house that, God is, that has got a need, oh Father, that's got a desire, a request, Father God, Lord, that needs something from you, oh Father God, Lord. My God and my Lord, Father, we are just committing them before you, oh Father. That word has gone forth, oh Father God, Lord. Everything else will fall in line, Father. Bless your children. Give according to them, according to their desires and expectations and requests, Father God, Lord. Be with us in this week that we are going for, Father God, Lord. Be with our kids in schools. Be with us in places of work. Our wives that stay at home, be with them, Father God, Lord. Just be in our homes, Father God, Lord. May the fellowship of God fill us wherever we are, oh God, Father. We just praise. We commit everything into your mighty hands. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask the living. Amen. Remember, for if you need a source of power, you need a source of power to do something, that power must be from prayer. So whatever is he needs to do, whatever ability is required of him there, if we put him in our prayers, God will be able to carry his work with him. Amen. So don't forget to, to remember him in prayer. Always constantly pray, keep on praying for, for him, and let's keep praying for each other. Amen. Uh, can we, a brother comes and then we'll have a few songs, maybe one or two, then you are dismissed. Amen. And may God bless you and may God give you a good and a prosperous week. Amen. Hallelujah.